spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss Sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at Brad.logan at Logan Media Network.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at Brad Logan COTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now from the vault. To the pavilion, to Swayze Field. It's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. And welcome into the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. Part of the Believe Network, a big show today. Nabias Wilburn of AL.com and the Alabama Media Group will join us in the second half of the show. And yeah, we'll break down the current state of Auburn football, personnel, and that sort of thing. But I think you're really... Uh, be intrigued with the conversation we have about the history of Auburn football, where the program stands now under the leadership of Brian Harson, and where it's going forward. We touch on Alan Green. It was a really good conversation, so I encourage you to listen here in the second half of the show. Appreciate Nabias jumping on, and uh, it, it was a great conversation. And it's a big game on Saturday for Ole Miss. 11 o'clock kickoff. I mean, you kind of know – Ole Miss stands number nine in the polls now after the win over Vanderbilt and of course undefeated 14 and a half point favorites I think it's where it kind of settled in yesterday but Auburn leads this series 35 to 10 and in Oxford they lead 13 to 3 if you want to count the vacated win you know be 13 to 2 that that's pretty significant in Auburn, of course, they lead 17-3. to The Rebels have only won three times on the Plains. Now, I know you can only get tied up in so many numbers when you talk about a series like this because at some point the athletes went out. And I think Ole Miss has got a better team. Obviously, the record, you know, notes that. But you can't forget the history between these two programs, and there's been a lot. So something to monitor. Looking forward at the schedule, of course, the following week Ole Miss is – at LSU, that's a 2.30 kickoff on CBS. At Texas A&M, hosting Alabama at Arkansas, and then Mississippi State. Not an easy road, but if you told me prior to the season, I don't know, May and July or what have you, that Ole Miss would be undefeated at this point in the season, I, I don't know. I probably would have said yes, but I don't. I wouldn't have been as emphatic as I thought I am now about how they pretty much run rough shot. Now, I knew Georgia Tech wasn't going to be very good. 
you know, Troy, Tulsa, you know, gave them a little bit of a run. But let's don't throw the throw the team out just yet in regards to Kentucky. Let's don't just bury them yet. Will Levis is going to play this week against Mississippi State. They're underdogs at home against the Bulldogs. Mississippi State playing really well, really well right now. Has not played historically well at Kentucky. So let's don't totally discredit that win just yet. Let's let's wait and see what happens with the Wildcats. Ole Miss and Auburn, Tobias Wilburn coming up here in just a moment. Coming to you from the Debbie Johnson studio. Be sure and give Debbie a call today. 662-689-0090 is her cell phone. She's our real estate agent here from the Debbie Johnson studios here at the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. She's, of course, with Kessinger Real Estate, and she can be your real estate agent today. Also grateful for our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Bet Online, where the game starts. Use that promo code BLEAV50 and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Ole Miss and Auburn, 11 o'clock kickoff. It's going to be another beautiful day in Oxford, low 80s. Uh, we'll at some point get into the 80s by the time the game's over. I think it's going to start in the 70s. Expect another big crowd, another morning game. And then uh, you can kind of head back to the Grove and watch Alabama-Tennessee at 2.30. A number of other games in the uh, the evening window. So there are positives to playing in the early game. <laughs> you have to find the positives because it feels like that's kind of the direction the SEC has, has sent Ole Miss this, this particular season. The good news is, is you're getting in that 11 o'clock window. A lot of eyes are on the university. Uh, you're straight out of game day. It's, it's it's a prime spot. The bad news, you have to get up for some of us really, really early to get to the stadium, which that's okay. And uh, you, you don't get that full take, tailgate experience. You know, I've only come to been able to come to the Grove once in, to, to check the band out. Uh, I like to try to do that a couple times a year. And with these early kicks and the responsibilities before the game, it's, it's hard to get over there. So I'm excited to hopefully – if that Alabama game, I expect it to be a 2.30 game. If everything kind of goes as we think it will. I mean, the Rebels should be at least, um, you know, one loss team. You know, depending on what happens at Baton Rouge and then at A&M. Uh, maybe two loss. It, it's a, lot, a lot of water has to go under the bridge between now and then. So, I mean, history has not been great to Ole Miss over the next three weeks. Uh, although, ironically... Ole Miss has played Texas A&M pretty well over the last couple of years. Uh, down in Baton Rouge, it's been kind of hit and miss with success. And then, of course, we talked about the numbers with Auburn. They are not in Ole Miss's favor. But the betting line is, and this team is just built different this year. And, uh, you know, we, we knew Auburn would have some struggles coming into the year. I didn't anticipate them, you know, being, you know, this poor so far. Had a chance to watch some of the Georgia game, and it was, wow, it was just – incredibly unmatched team versus another it, it really was and uh, so the future is going to be interesting down at Auburn we'll talk with Tobias Wilburn here in just a moment the second half of the show break down everything that has to do with Auburn football it's almost at Auburn 11 o'clock Rebels still undefeated say what you want about the schedule say what you want about it being not as difficult or that's, you still got to win the games you've still got to beat the teams in front of you and that's what they've done so far. Win the games you can. Win the games in front of you. So far, here we are, undefeated. Auburn's up next. Here's the bias right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, part of the Believe Network. 
Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Use our promo code BLEAV50, B-L-E-A-V-50, and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. But online, where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Realtor Debbie Alderson Johnson. If you're looking for a spot in the Oxford area or, quite frankly, anywhere in Mississippi, that is your go-to. Remember, real estate industry since 2003, looking for that special ag property, maybe a recreational property, maybe a commercial real estate property, or a new home. Uh, Debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today. Just contact her directly at 662-234-5555. Of course, that's a member of the Kessinger Real Estate family at KessingerRealEstate.com and Debbie has been with them for quite a few years. If you need to get her directly, just dial her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Remember, your go-to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. You're looking maybe to relocate to Oxford. Go to the real estate family, the Kessinger Real Estate family. Debbie Johnson, your realtor, 662-234-5555 or call her cell phone at 662-689-0090. 0090. Debbie Johnson, a proud sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. And welcome back into the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, part of the Believe Network. It's Ole Miss and Auburn coming up at 11 o'clock on Saturday. It's the Rebels and the Tigers, and Tobias Wilburn covers Auburn for AL.com. 
got a pretty good pulse on this Auburn football team. Tobias, thanks for joining us today. Hey, man. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Be sure and follow Tobias on Twitter. He's a great Twitter follow, at nwilborn, W-I-L-B-O-R-N 19, and that's where you can find all your Auburn content. So, uh, Tobias, let's get right down to it. This Auburn football team, everybody's kind of looked at the quarterback position. I, we'll get to Brian Harson in a moment, but I'd much rather talk about the team in and of itself. What have you seen out of Robbie Ashford that's kind of got the kind of got him above the nod above everybody else in quarterback? Well, I mean, he's healthy right now. That's first off. Um, you know, T.J. Finley's out with an injury that we don't know when he's going to come back and play or if he's going to come back and play. Zach Calzada, um, they finally confirmed what we had reported, that he's having a season-ending shoulder injury, which, you know, transfer from Texas A&M, and then you have freshman Holden Grenier. Um, and that's what you got a scholarship quarterback, Robbie Robbie got the start. He was already doing like a dual quarterback role with Finley. Finley got the majority of the touches, but Ashford worked his way in, and Ashford's the starter now. What are you thinking uh, in regards to what Ole Miss fans can expect out of Robbie Ashford? Now, this is a player out of the state of Alabama that Ole Miss actually had committed uh, back in the day under the, the regime of a former head coach, Matt Luke. Had a, he was going to play baseball at Ole Miss and, of course, play quarterback. Now he's, of course, at Auburn. What what can Ole Miss fans expect to see out of him offensively? Um, a very – a quarterback that can move the pocket with his legs can also go out and get a first down, uh, working on his accuracy. He's a dynamic quarterback. He has unique talent. Like, he might be one of the ten fastest players on the Auburn football team right now. Um, so that will be a thing that you will have to watch out for particularly if a play breaks down. Sometimes he's at his best when plays break down. And quite honestly, with Auburn's offensive line being the way it is, there's going to be a lot of plays that might break down considering how good I believe um, Ole Miss's defensive line to be. So look for Ashley to be on the move a lot against the Rebels. Running back room is pretty interesting. It feels like, from an SEC standpoint, Tank Bigsby is in his seventh year at Auburn. It's, uh, he played early, and it just seems like he's been there forever. I think a lot of Ole Miss fans are interested about running back uh, Jarquez Hunter. He had a big game last year, uh, the sophomore running back for Auburn. The Mississippi product, has it been pretty much the Tank Bigsby show along with Hunter this year for Auburn? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, when they can get the run game going, I mean, last week, you had 92 rushing yards, and ironically, Robbie Ashford was your leading rusher. He had 50 of those yards. Now, one of the reasons why Georgia didn't have any sacks against Auburn, one of the reasons was Ashford's ability to move um, when those plays broke down. But the other thing is with Tank, when he can get going, he looks like one of the best running backs in the country. One of the issues that Auburn's offensive line hasn't been able to provide him enough space to actually get moving. He's one of the guys who I think he leads the country or is one of the top five in the least amount of yards before contact. Looking at this wide receiving group, um, you you look and see there, there's a senior in Shedrick Jackson, the transfer, Coy Moore. Uh, you've got some some younger players there, the redshirt sophomore, Javarius Johnson. When Ashford goes to the air, who's who's been his number one target so far? Well, him and Coy Moore have kind of found the connection. Well, they didn't really show it against Georgia because they only had 168 passing yards. But previous games, him and Coy Moore have found a little connection. Javarius Johnson is another uh, really speedy receiver. They're still looking for that, like, dynamic, you know, blow the top off. Um, 
There's a fresher Amari Kelly who's kind of coming on. So, and of course, he also likes going to the tight end, John Samuel Sinker, as well as uh, Mr. Fromm. Looking across this offensive line, it, it it's laced with transfers, graduate transfers, and seniors. One of the, 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 the most, I guess you could say, experienced offensive fronts in the country, specifically the SEC, uh, you know, between uh, Killian Zarir, Cameron Stutz, Brandon Council, what has gone on with this offensive front, and why has Auburn uh, struggled to run the ball effectively, at least what we've seen in Auburn football over the last couple of years so far this year? Well, let's start with the fact that, um, one, your starting center, Nick Brom, ended up being out with injury. Nick Brom's started the season, couldn't go. Then they had to go to a second-string um, second center, Tate Johnson. Well, Tate's 285 pounds, and that didn't work out very well. He ended up getting injured. So then you had to go to Brandon Council, who's an exterior lineman who has experience playing center, put him at center. So you got more beef on the interior, but then you had to change all your exterior. So now you look like Julio Irwin, some of those guys getting playing time. Injuries and a bunch of other factors have really limited the Auburn offensive line this year. What what what's the what's the other than the injury? Who's some of the offensive linemen that have kind of maybe played a little bit, been a little bit better than everyone expected to play? I know there's, like I said, there's been kind of a lot of senior leadership there. Is there any specific offensive lineman that, that's kind of kept this group together during some some rough rough parts here over the last uh, couple of games? Well, I guess you could say Brandon Council um, at center, even though last week he had a couple false start penalties after saying that the Auburn's offensive line could demolish Georgia's defensive line. I guess we see how that worked out. But him being able to go to center allowed for a few more rotations for the Auburn offensive line. You mentioned Cam Studs. He's a guy who's still kind of figuring out. So Jeremiah Wright. I mean, they're, they're working on it, man, but it's just been a tough go. Defensively, Derek Hall, another Mississippi product, is getting a lot of looks from a lot of NFL scouts. He's a he's a senior this year, part of that an edge rusher, and he's really, really good. Across that defensive front, along with Jason Jones, Kobe Wooden. Uh, other than Hall, who are some names Ole Miss fans can kind of be looking for across that defensive front? Because Ole Miss is going to try to solidify the run early, and I expect Auburn to do their best to stop that Ole Miss rushing attack. Well, Marcus Bragg will be one. He's the other edge rusher. Now, E. Yota was really talented. Unfortunately, he's out with an injury, a pectoral injury. So, look to see Marcus Bragg. And then, of course, you got Owen Papo at linebacker. So, look to see those two guys. Yeah, Cam Riley, the junior, has played some at linebacker. Um, maybe Jake uh, Levette, the redshirt sophomore. But I think, you know, Ole Miss fans are very familiar with Derrick Hall. And like you said, Owen uh, Papo, a senior that's been there for a couple of years. Overall, and we'll get to the, the defensive backfield in just a moment, where are your thoughts on where this defensive front, along with this linebacking core, what do you think they're going to do or, or they're going to try to do to stop this Ole Miss, Ole Miss uh, rushing attack? They're going to drop eight? I mean, do you think they're going to you know, bring some blitz packages? What are you, you kind of expecting on Saturday? I mean, they'll get as creative as they can. And to be honest, you know, for a half of football, they held Georgia to 14 points, and even the points Georgia scored, those first two touchdowns were on short fields. One was created by a fake punt attempt on your own 34, and then the other came off a turnover, right? So, you know, when they're refreshed and ready to go, they're a defensive line that can get after the quarterback and that can stop the run. 
The problem is when the offense keeps going three and out, the defensive end gets tired. So a lot of Auburn's best defense will be the offense sustaining drives. And now getting to that secondary, got to do their best to stop the passing attack of Jackson Dart, who's, by the way, been prone to throw some interceptions, so it could be a big day for that Auburn secondary. Nehemiah Pritchett, a senior, kind of been there for a while. At cornerback, safety Zion Puckett, Donovan Kaufman, another safety. In your opinion, you know, once o, if they can stop that rushing attack and force Ole Miss to throw, are those some names to Ole Miss fans to remember across that defensive backfield? Oh, absolutely. Donovan Coppins really come a long way. DJ James, the Oregon transfer, he has evolved. I mean, they actually have a pretty good secondary, all things considered. And when they have had that, I mean, the toughest thing about Auburn's defense is they're good until they get fatigued. And they get fatigued because the offense doesn't do its thing. But I suspect for probably a quarter or a half, Auburn's secondary will be able to hang with um, Ole Miss's receivers. Absolutely. You've seen this rivalry. Let me rephrase for a moment. I'm not sure it's much of a rivalry. Auburn has had Ole Miss's number quite a bit over the last, I don't know, 70, 80 years. So uh, the the number of points right now, 14 and a half across a number of, of services, I don't know. Nabias, that seems like a lot of points for, for a game in a, in, a, in a series, I should say, that's been – very much dominated by Auburn over the last how many ever years you want to insert there? Well, I mean, I, I, I thought that 29 points was too much um, for Auburn against Georgia. And, well, um, Georgia won by, what, 32? Yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately, as of this moment, this is not a good Auburn football team. It is hard. I mean, can things change? Can, you know, maybe Harson and the coordinators find something? Yeah, sure, but right now they've given me no reason to think that Ole Miss won't win by it. I mean, look, Ole Miss comes in this game, as you know, 6-0, um, beat up on Vanderbilt pretty good in that, in that second half. And I, I don't know right now if Auburn's better than Vanderbilt. Look in looking at this Auburn team, and and you saw that you know when Penn State came to Jordan Hare, one forty one to twelve, that kind of popped everybody's head up. To credit uh, Auburn, came back and won a close game against Missouri the following week, also at home seventeen fourteen, and then followed that up with a very close loss to LSU. I guess kind of peeling through the weeds. There have been some some good wins, but but unfortunately, there's been some close losses, and then of course some blowout losses. Big picture here, is this just kind of just uh, kicking the can along? I know, you know, the Auburn administration has already relieved Alan Green, who, who had served at Ole Miss in a number of capacities. I thought Alan did a heck of a job in Oxford. And then now all of a sudden you've got a head coach that's kind of on the hottest of hot seats. What are your thoughts going forward? Is this just kicking the can of the inevitable, or is there an opportunity that Brian Harson can, can kind of put the wheels back on the bus and uh, save his job? I mean, if Auburn lets them, sure. Um, I don't know if they're going to I mean, that's just what this is at this point. If Auburn lets them, sure. Um, according to the coaching staff, there's been some positives in recruiting. Oh, but you know what might make recruiting hard, man? When people don't know who the coach is going to be. Yeah. You know, perhaps you're hamstringing your coach when you pull a coup on him in February. Yeah. And then 
the athletic director leaves the week before the season starts. The athletic director, who, by the way, um, has raised more money, has gotten facilities built, and obviously Ole Miss won the College World Series, but Auburn was there after being picked last in the SEC West. But then one could argue, well, you had four SEC West teams go to the College World Series, so maybe it wasn't such a bad thing after all, right? But gymnastics has an Olympic gold medalist. Basketball had one of its best seasons ever. Um, track, I mean, you just go on down the line. Obviously, football is in a bad way right now, but I, 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 I got to make sure I say this very clearly. I don't believe there's any reason why Alan Green should not, not still be Auburn's athletic director. Oh, That's you, just, not me either. I mean, you yeah, I, I mean, there's just, I mean, I'm sorry. And people can try to sit over his head when he got hired, but this man had SEC experience. He also had the time in Buffalo and he got to Auburn and he learned, he got better. Like I said, to me, the man should still be the Auburn Athletic Director. It's kind of an embarrassment that he's not, which is, again, an indictment on where Auburn is. The meddling, the mishandling of things, it piles up. Now, is Brian Harson the right coach for Auburn? I don't know that answer. I also don't know if we ever will know that answer because he pretty much got cut off at the knees the minute he got hired. So to answer your question, can he keep his job? I mean, anything's possible. It is. I mean, now I will tell you what, if Auburn goes to Oxford and gets beat by 30 in Ole Miss with the bye week coming, that might be a time in which Auburn could decide to do a reset and get rid of Harson. If they go give a good showing at Ole Miss, maybe, and they believe that there's some positive in recruiting, then maybe – he could stay, but the chances of that happening, I don't know, man. I mean, I just don't know. I don't know. You you ever watch the show The Wire? Oh yeah. Okay, all right. So best show, man, the, best, the best show ever ever on television. See, there's two types of people in the world. Two types of people who know that The Wire is the best show, and are the people who just aren't very smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but all right, in season three, when we first meet my man Marlo, yes, right, yes, all right, he said a very famous line. Do it or don't do it, but I got somewhere to be. That's, yeah. I and remember that's where, What? Oh, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a very vivid line, right? Do it or yes. don't do it, I got somewhere to be. It's perfect. And, and I th- you know, I think that says a lot because I think if you're Alan Green, who, by the way, you won't find a bigger Alan Green fan than me, uh, I think at some point, I don't know what happened behind the scenes there. I don't know if they said, all right, Allen, go fire the coach. And he may have said, you know what? This dude's done nothing wrong. Y'all came after him. You want somebody to go fire me. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Allen is a stand-up dude, and I think a lot of him. And I think he should be the, the athletic director as it stands now. And I think going back kind of to the wire, you know, kind of what you said, I, I completely agree. And I don't know, and I'd love your thoughts on this, I don't know if Brian Harson wants to be the coach at Auburn anyway. I think well, he's, you know, I, I just, how can you want to be at a place to where you're getting, like you said it perfectly, you're getting cut off at the knees. How in the world can you recruit when you can't tell the coach, you can't tell the coaches that you're, you're recruiting the kids from, you can't tell the kids, the parents, I don't know if I'm going to be the head coach here. So I don't know if I, you know, it's just a, such a lot of influx right now. I mean, and that, okay. And one of the hard things is, and you know this, like the head coach is the head coach of your team until he's not. Now, Typically speaking, like Lane Kiffin right now, probably could be the old best coach for as long as he wants to today. Oh, I, there's no doubt he could. 
Right. I mean, you look at what look at what he's doing. Which, by the way, what Lane Kiffin is doing at Ole Miss is incredible. And really, seeing the Ole Miss football program become viable has look. I grew up. I grew up in the South, man. I, I grew up in Atlanta. And, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, look, you, you know what Ole Miss was as a program. I'm not trying to denigrate, but I'm just I completely saying. understand. And people listening yeah. to this podcast understand that as well. That's that's no yeah. nothing new. Yeah. Okay, I don't, I don't want nobody tweeting me angry. All right, but, you know, I'm not trying to speak out of school or anything. But right. my point is, seeing where that program has grown, really fun to kind of watch from afar. And like you said earlier, Auburn, Auburn's 13-2 at Vaughn Hemingway Stadium. Okay, like historically, Auburn has dominated the series. You know that. Oh um, yes, yes. Same thing with same thing with Mississippi. Like same thing with Mississippi State. Same thing with South Carolina. Like that's why, like when AJ McCarron talks about Auburn being like a bottom program, there it's like, yeah, buddy, uh, that's inaccurate. Um, now does Auburn have some issues? Yes, the infighting, the meddling, and every school has boot road boosters. Auburn's just happen to be more pronounced than everyone else's. Right. And there also is a history. You can pretty much track, all right, from when Shug Jurton left and they hired Doug Barfield. And back then they wanted another coach. And everything else other than Pat Dye's hire in, in resignation has pretty much been with consternation. Mm-hmm. Whether it be Tommy Bowden, whether it be Tuberville, whether it be uh, Malzahn, whether it be Kizik, all the way to Harson. You got people meeting Bobby Petrino in Louisville while Senator Tuberville still has a job, okay? Mm. Now, yeah. that being said, after some comments that Senator Tuberville made very recently, I really don't have very much pity for the man right now. But, you know, that's a whole other conversation. I'm pretty sure we don't want to get political on this show. But just saying, uh, yeah, I don't know really how much pity I have for him at this point. However, it's still just a grimy thing to do, right? And this is what Auburn has done for a very long time. Like, um, just yesterday on Twitter, there was like a conversation. People were getting upset. And it's like, okay, but this is what y'all do. Like, some of it is. Now, okay, if some of the critiques with Auburn are unfair, yes. But also some of it is, nah, fam, it's how y'all roll. Y- y'all do it the messiest way possible every single time. Now, on the flip side, the highs at Auburn might be higher than any other school, even Alabama or Georgia. You know what I'm saying? Like, because Alabama, listen, they kind of expect to win. And Georgia's getting to that point now where they expect to win. Auburn still is at a point where it really, really wants to win. And when they do, the highs are incredible. Like, the way people follow Auburn's baseball team this year, the way people follow the basketball team, like, and you know that football team gets it back rolling. There are going to be people all over following it. So, so now the question is, let's hypothetically, and this is not out of the realm of possibility, say that, that Ole Miss wins, they struggle, maybe they beat Arkansas, lose to Mississippi State and lose to A&M, or let's just say Harson doesn't make it. How desirable is a job at Auburn with, with all of the stuff going on with boosters and – the inconsistencies with athletic directors. How, how, you know, how, how many coaches want this job now? That's a tough, honestly, that's a tough question to answer. Okay. Because again, you talk about these lows and highs, right? Show me a school that has better facilities than all of them. There ain't many. No, there's not. 
Now, Sorgan Merle, pretty much almost everybody has good facilities these days, but Auburn is definitely top of the line. They have shown they will spend the money. Look at the money they're just paying the coaches, not the coach. Like, <laughs> Auburn is spending the money, okay? So that part alone is attractive. Auburn's getting this NIL thing together. Like, there are reasons to coach at Auburn. It's not like it's the worst program ever. Right. However, whew, that booster involvement is a real thing. And the impatience is a real thing. And all the things you have to do. And listen, all college football coaches got to go to a few chicken dinners in April. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're talking to them. Everybody got it. Saban still even does it. Now, Saban's not going to, you know, Bug Tussle, the Bug Tussle, Mississippi, uh, um, Alabama alumni, Crimson Tide group or whatever. He's not going to that dinner. But, you know, when there's a big event in Birmingham, he still does those. So that's part of it. But at Auburn, they want you doing everything, man. It's like they want you to recruit a top five class every year, which Auburn should, in theory, Auburn should always be no worse than 15 or 20 in recruiting just because of the area you're in alone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you should always do that. And if you're lower than that, something's going on, okay? In theory, Auburn should be good on defensive line and offensive line every year, again, because of the area that Auburn is in with all these defensive linemen running around in this particular part of the Southeast, okay? So – there are reasons to take the job. Like, you will have an opportunity to be good. You also have to deal with all the other stuff. And the other stuff can get exhausting. And I don't know. Now, the reason why I said I like the Harson hire was because I thought, hey, maybe I'll be need somebody different. Maybe they need somebody who won't kiss the boosters, you know what who will stand up to him or say, hey, I'm not doing that. Um, unfortunately, he didn't win enough. And I, I just go back to last year's. And oddly enough, this Ole Miss game is a very kind of a circle of life type moment. Because last year, Auburn beat Ole Miss, right? At Jordan-Hare and went 6-2 and two at that point. And it just feels like nothing's gone right since. Let's... Uh, the final question, this has been fascinating today. Uh, I, I do have one more question. You, you talk about the Auburn job. I think the number one thing that everybody kind of goes back to is all the stuff, and a lot of that stuff is because of booster involvement. If you had a magic wand and you're, and you're an Auburn fan, how do you fix that? H- how do you make this the job desirable and not have the stuff, how, not have that, that, that rogue booster involvement? How do you fix it? I mean, I don't know the answer to that, right? I mean, the, the simple answer would be get everybody. Okay, that's simple. That sounds good, but how do you do that? How do you get a bunch of rich, older, and a bunch of rich old white dudes to behave in ways that they don't behave any other time? And you didn't go to still need their money. Because that's the other part. Like, you know, we don't have to get into naming names here, but, you know, anybody who has any hint of college football knows the Auburn Boosters' names. Right. Who does what golf tournament and all that stuff, okay? But for sake of this, like, we don't have to get into name calling. We know who's who, okay? So 
how do you get people who are used to getting their way, who are used to the football coach sitting on their porch and drinking old fashions with them, who are used to the football coach going to certain restaurants they like and seeing them there and, you know, hugging them. How do you get them to change that mindset in a new college football world? But also, how do you recruit nationally when you still got to go to every high school in Alabama whether they got a kid you're going to recruit or not? How do you have time to do all that? Oh, and then, by the way, still coach the football team. I don't know the answer. And I don't know if they're going to be willing to change their ways enough to do it. Maybe if you bring in a Nick Saban, sure, but you're going to have to give a whole lot of guarantees to that person and honor them. Because the thing, even with Saban, like, you know, because look, people forget there was a stretch of time between Gene Stallings and Nick Saban. Yeah. And there was a long stretch of time between Gene Stallings and Nick Saban. And people have forgotten about that, okay? Alabama had probation issues, a bunch of stuff, Mike DuBose, and you can just Shula, you can just go on down the line until they got the right guy. So maybe Auburn gets the Saban equivalent, which I don't know if that even exists. I don't know if that exists. So what's the answer? I don't know. And I know in this business, you know, doing this thing that we, you know, talking thing, we have definitive answers. But you asked a, a simple question that has a very complex answer because Auburn is a very complex place. Now, again, if they get rolling, yo, it is really fun yeah, to be in Auburn. Like when they are rolling, I don't know if there's a school that has more dedicated and loyal fans that will travel, that will put their energy and their heart and their love into it. Um, last year's Iron Bowl, Auburn comes in there, you know, triple-digit underdog, three-touchdown underdog, and you would have thought that the, that Auburn was playing for the national championship based on how the fans were, okay? And that type of energy can carry a program a far away. What the problem is, the Money Boys – are going to be who they are. So how do you hire the coach that satisfies all of them? I don't know if that man exists. Maybe he does. I don't know who he is, though. It's a sleeping giant. I mean, it's absolutely a sleeping giant. We've seen that. We've seen the national championship uh, that you can bring to Auburn, and I think it's a great spot. It's, the location is great in southern Alabama, very close to the Georgia line. I mean, it's, it's a recruiting fertile uh, spot. So I think I think it'd be fascinating, and I'm really fascinated with the game today, Nabias. I mean, I'm sorry, Saturday. You talked about that record in Vaught Hemingway. Did you fifteen and three, right? Yeah, no, I think thirteen and two. Something thirteen like and two. Yeah, I mean, I forget what it yeah. is, but it's very one sided, and. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll see what happens. The Lions, I mean, you hate the old adage, something's got to give. With as much as Auburn has dominated Ole Miss over the last couple of years and uh, with the line being anywhere from 14 to 16, something's got to give on Saturday. Auburn's won the last six of the series, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, And this is the hard part about Auburn is there's so much good that – you miss out on all the bad. And but what happens is 
when the cologne and, and uh, deodorant of winning come off, the stink really comes out. Yeah. And there's a lot of stink going on at Auburn right now. Well, we'll see over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Auburn's got, we talked about it a moment ago, Ole Miss, they've got Arkansas at home. They're at a really good Mississippi State team. And then they'll face a Texas A&M team that I have no idea if they're any good or not. So mm-hmm. we'll see over the next couple of weeks. And, of course, they finish up with Western Kentucky and then uh, Alabama at Tuscaloosa. It's the Brian Harson Show, and it has been fun to watch because we have no idea what we get from week to week. He's Nebias Wilburn. He covers Auburn for AL.com. He's at nwilburn19 on Twitter and been kind enough to join us here today on a fascinating conversation about the Auburn Tigers. Nebias, thanks very much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's an honor. And thanks very much to Tobias Wilburn of AL.com. Does a great job covering the Auburn Tigers and also uh, does a great job covering college football as a whole for the SEC. So I had a great conversation. Thanks again for downloading and listening to the show. Didn't get into it in the, uh, for the first part of the show, but there are some things coming on the network. Cannot go into a whole lot of detail right now, but it is coming very, very soon, and you will be excited about the news. Thankful again to uh, Debbie Johnson. Coming to you today from the Debbie Johnson of Kessinger Real Estate Studios. Give her a call on her cell phone, 662-689-0090. She's our real estate agent. She can be yours today. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Bet online where the game starts. Use that promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus in your very first deposit. Thankful uh, to all of you again for listening and subscribing. And uh, however you listen, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, or however you get your podcast, We are very, very grateful. Before we get out of here today, a big recruiting weekend upcoming. Uh, just go to Rebs247.com. Uh, David Johnson's got a couple of stories about, uh, specifically the story about all the visitors that are coming. There's also some basketball recruiting that Jared Redding's got on the board right now. But it is football season, and David has a couple of stories right now about some specific targets that are coming to campus. I want to check it out. Rebs247.com. Inside the Rebels, an affiliate of 24-7 Sports. Thanks again, everybody, for once again listening to the podcast. As continue to grow, and, and we appreciate uh, all that you do for us and spreading the word. Grassroots effort here on the Believe in Omis podcast, part of the Believe Network. Listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at Brad Logan COTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the Vaught to the Pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.